Welcome back, Bills fans, fans of the game, fans of football. It's your boy Jeremy Mountain here with another episode of Blue Mafia. Bills lovers everywhere united. We love faith, family, and football here. And we love quarterbacking. So as you know, we got five things to watch for this Sunday night. Prime time. Football, Bills, Packers. And on the other side of the coin, as always, we got the NFL implications. Five quarterback matchups of the week with big playoff implications. We're halfway through. We might even look back a little bit at something I might have said earlier in the year. So stick around for that. Let's get right into it. We had a little bit of a bye week. Shout out the boys. We stayed out at the Purple Mountain Lodge. No Wi-Fi. Nice little trip with the boys. So... We had another bye week here at Blue Mafia. Hopefully you didn't miss me too much. Uh, really appreciate everybody listening. Got some really good feedback from Justin Nowak. Shout out. Friend of the pod. Friend of the Maryvale Flyers. Another shout out. Little update. Flyers of Maryvale Varsity Football are still undefeated. Coach Nick Todaro has the Flyers rolling. It's nice to see the tradition of Maryvale mixed with the new the evolution of the game. And everybody in the program seems to really, really love what's going on. It just looks awesome. Truly proud to see the Flyers looking sharp heading into the semis. Probable if they can get by Pioneer, tough team that beat Falconer, Casadega, Falconer, Maple Grove, Casadega, they're out. Wanted to see them take on Iroquois because the Flyers will probably be taking on Iroquois. Big, big matchup to look for. Hopefully they can make it to the ship and finish the job. But let's get back to the business at hand. The Buffalo Bills are in the top big three of the NFL. And this is the new talk of the town around the NFL talking heads. I follow a lot of them. You know, Schrager, Brandt, Simmons, McAfee. All of the ones that I respect seem to be putting the Bills, the Chargers, I'm sorry, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Eagles above everyone else. And I'm down with that. But I'm getting a little sick of this disrespect of professional football because last week all I had to hear about was oh it's not a good slate and oh it's you know a bunch of bad games lined up and a bunch of bad football in the beginning of the year and now I'm finally hearing it was Vince Wilfork no Damian Woody was on Ryan Rossillo pod And he was finally referencing the fact that these guys don't hit anymore. And that is a big possible reason why we're seeing a lot of these micro injuries. If you know me, there's an article at BlueMafia.com about some of this um, with the relation to concussions and ACLs on turf. I'm thinking about putting together just somewhat of a little research project for myself on the hardening of the body and the risk of injury from no contact. 
we don't want people getting concussions, but there's a certain safety measures that you have to take if you're going to be doing these extreme collisions on game day. This Buffalo Bills defense is on another level. I applaud every team in the NFL, top to bottom, for going out and battling on Sundays. Until a team quits battling, I have a hard time calling them bad, calling them, you know, a bad slate. Because when I look at the slate this weekend, I see the NFL advertising this slate this weekend, and I don't see that much. I do the top five quarterback matchups each week. I, I've got a pulse. The five quarterback matchups of the week this week are a little weird. But last week was supposed to be the bad slate of games. Either way, I personally love watching football on Sundays. I've got the red zone. I get two TVs going. I have no qualms with the football product. Do I wish the tackling was a little bit better? Yes. But I have no problem with the product right now. And I think that it's demonstrating the purity of the game. The purest football teams, I've said it here before, the ones that play the game the way it was built to play, they are the top teams. You see the Eagles doing it. see the Bills doing it. see the Chiefs doing it. Sure, there's some scrambling going around. But there's a purity to football, family, faith, togetherness, purity. Those teams are the teams that win championships. And I think the Bills are one of those teams. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't think anybody on the rest of this regular season Bills schedule is going to put up more than 25 points against this defense. I'd have to check to see if anybody has done that. I don't believe they have. But this Bills defense is unbelievable. And a lot of talk about the offense and the impressive play of Josh Allen. But I just want to point out that this defense is a buzzsaw. You do not want to play against the Bills in part because of Josh Allen. You don't want to have to stop him for four quarters. But good luck going up against Von Miller in this defense. Speaking of Von Miller, obviously he's been a big cheerleader for Odell Beckham Jr. to come to Buffalo, and I figured I'd put myself on the record here. I don't know if I've talked about it much uh, on here. Spoke about it with my friends and family, obviously, already. But I'm I'm on the fence with Odell, um, I've always, since the beginning of this uh, saga of the question of him, I've always thought, well, get his ass here before it gets cold so that he can get acclimated to Buffalo life and the locker room and the way of life, both in Western New York and in the Buffalo Bills front office and locker room. But I understand that there's probably some contractual things and reasons why that wouldn't happen now. But the way that Von Miller talks about him makes me trust him because I didn't exactly trust Von Miller when he was coming into the locker room. And let's be honest, did anybody really trust Stephon Diggs when he came into the locker room? But it seems to be a real culture and a real vibe to this Bills team that 
it's not going to exercise Antonio Brown's demons. But I think that Odell would fit in well here. And I think that he already had a bad taste from Cleveland, but we ain't Cleveland. Did anybody get a good plate of food in front of Von Miller yet? Keeps talking about how Buffalo food isn't that great. It's it's great, Von. Get this guy a plate of food. Take him to Mother's. Take him to Left Bank. You know, the place over in uh, Tonawanda, North Tonawanda, Prescott's Provisions. I want to check that place out. No grades for Allen this week because they were on a bye. No grades for Dorsey, but they're obviously doing all the right things. And I think the key to this season, because this defense is this good, we have the luxury of relying on this defense for several of the next upcoming games. And as we're sort of entering into the midway point, my number three goal here on the five things to watch for is just keeping 17 upright. I love to see what he's done all year, getting the ball out, checking the ball down, not losing his competitive athletic edge, but being smart and being intentional with what he does with that athletic edge. The goal from here until the playoffs is keep 17 upright and rely on this defense. Number four, A-Rod, Aaron Rodgers, coming back to town. I joked a couple weeks ago about, um, you know, why did he cut his hair? He went with the Peaky Blinders, Tommy Shelby cut, and now all of a sudden he's got none of his DMT, LSD powers. Samson cut his hair, and he also cut off his dreadlock receiver which was Devonte Adams and I don't have any sympathy for Tom Brady and I don't have any sympathy for Aaron Rodgers because they're both never going to work another day in their life and they both could have any woman on earth so save me the pity party for the two twelves as far as I'm concerned Aaron Rodgers career ends on Sunday night no mercy, kill 12, let out all that anguish. It's time for a changing of the guard. I don't have any sympathy for Aaron Rodgers. I don't have any sympathy for Matt LeFleur and what they've done the last few years because ultimately they haven't proven anything other than what selfishness and the negativity and toxicity and narcissism of having an aging quarterback and a young coach. It's the complete polar opposite of the karmic justice that we see in Buffalo with Ken Dorsey and his beautiful football mind being rewarded with the opportunity to strike hard and fast with a quarterback and offense like Josh Allen in Buffalo. And that's the football god speaking versus a guy like Rodgers who inherited a pure football city, inherited a position from Brett Favre with a lot of talent around him in those early years. Don't get me wrong. Rodgers is one of the best throwers of the Duke in the history of mankind. 
but he's always been a little bit of a prick, let's be honest. So let's end the era. Number five here, it's a changing of the guard. Not only is it a time for this season to change over into cold weather ball, cold weather season, pre-playoff season, it's also a changing of the guard as we see Tom Brady and the ageless wonder that is Aaron Rodgers. This might be it. This might be the nail in the coffin. Don't be surprised to see Rodgers make a few dipsy-doodle plays and make a few interesting, gutsy, performance-style point plays. That's going to happen, but ultimately... It's going to be a long, cold night for Air Rod, and I would not be surprised to see Jordan Love early in the third or fourth quarter. So, you know what it is. Stick around for my pregame dump. We'll probably still do that early Sunday morning and give you my final notes and final prediction where we hashtag book it each week, and I give you my final play. So, that's it. I appreciate everybody listening. Another quick little shout-out. Frank Sauer, Zach Sauer's dad, I appreciate you giving me the heads up that you think that Zach would be proud. That's why I do it for guys like Zach Sauer. The real ones out there, baby. Let's do the implications. Because of the implication. I know, because of the implication. Why aren't you understanding this? Well, well, well. It's the implications halfway through. Is it? Fair to say that Geno Smith has rekindled his career yet? He's going to be on this list. But he's number five on the chronological top five quarterback matchups to the list. Number one, we've got another revenge game. Not too sexy, but I like it. And I'm watching it. Carson, the duck hunter Wentz, taking on another southern hunter. A replacement of Wentz in Indianapolis. A no-name from Texas. Sam Ellinger. This kid was supposed to be good. Last year, they talked about when Wentz was in town, they talked about Ellinger baiting out Jacob Eason as the backup, and they were saying that this kid had some spunk, and he had some toughness, and he kind of has, to me, a little bit of a Taysom Hill vibe. Uh, But... He brings a little bit different nature to the game, and he brings a little bit of a maybe a quarterback run game that piss pants Matt Ryan has not obviously brought, and he's taken some licks all year, and they keep talking about the offensive line and that the run game has struggled. Ellinger is going to help because Ellinger can move the ball with his legs, and he could be a threat, much like Daniel Jones and Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields. He can make a little bit of a stink with his legs. Now, obviously, Washington is somewhat of a dumpster fire, but I still find them fun to watch because we don't got Wentz this week. What a treat. We got two guys that were written off, two guys that had to take a back seat to a veteran because this was supposed to be the return of Wentz to Indy. Versus Matt Ryan. High expectations. Great expectations. Low executions. We got our guy Heine boy. Heineke. I love watching 
Taylor Heineke play NFL football. And I don't care who knows it. Heineke might not be the best. He might not be the toughest. But guess what? He's going to keep bringing it for four, five, six quarters. That guy could play football for nine hours, I'm convinced. And he's tough and he's small and he'll put that fucking ball in there. That's all you can ask for on Sundays. So check out Ellinger versus Heineke on the top five quarterback matchups because this technically has implications. Both teams back against the ropes in bad divisions can still make the playoffs and they're given the keys to Ellinger. And Heine, he said it in the offseason. You know, if you bring a guy in and you pay him that much, you got to play him. But he's getting his chance because of the football gods. So Heineke, Ellinger, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Number two, rare, rare. I don't always put the Bills on the top five quarterback matchups of the week, but I'm putting them on there this week because I want to see what A-Rod's got left in the tank. We talked about it in the beginning that I think this is probably the end for A-Rod and the end of an era. But the real quarterback in my heart and soul wants to see a battle this Sunday night. I want to see... Rodgers bring an old joker card out of the deck and show everybody that he's still got it even if Brady doesn't and let's be honest everybody keeps talking about how bad Brady looks Brady looks sad he looks like his life's falling apart he looks like AB banged his wife excuse my language yeah Brady looks old cold sad but I watch him fire the rock and he can still fire the whistle he missed a couple throws on Thursday night missed two touchdowns but everybody keeps talking about how these guys are falling off just because they're losing they're still making some impressive throws they're still playing at an NFL caliber level just because they're not playing how they used to play doesn't mean they're not still top 10 and doesn't mean that they can't still catch fire So, I'm rooting a little bit inside for the age-old A-Rod, one of the final good gutsy performances of his career. I don't want to see him just lay down and die on the side of the road. But Josh Allen's got a way of doing that to someone. Number three, you might be asking, why do you have this one on here? This isn't a good quarterback matchup. Uh, yeah, it is. I got Justin Fields taking on Dak Prescott. Two ugly offensive squads. Not a lot of sexy fireworks, but you got two completely opposite ends of the spectrum. A rebuilding Chicago team that is quietly three and four. And a Cowboys team led by Dak Prescott with a hand tied behind his back. Because everybody wants to say now that they should run the ball and play defense, which I agree with. But Dak Prescott wasn't ever that good in the first place to be throwing 60 times a game. So, yeah, it's just, this is how they should play. Now Ezekiel Elliott, they run the ball for four or five weeks. Zeke Elliott's already hurt. He did take an ugly, ugly hit on his knee, though. I'm um, going to have to make sure I check to see if he's playing for my fantasy lineup. But Justin Fields, he's got a weird demeanor. He's got a weird communication style. He has very little talent on the outside. But there's something about him that I like. I like 
that he hasn't given up. I like that he runs the ball hard. I like that he hasn't broken emotionally. You've seen some pictures of him probably doing some deep breathing exercises. I didn't like Fields coming out of Ohio State. I didn't think that he was going to be that good. I not huge on Ohio State quarterbacks, but I do like the fight that he's shown this year with no talent. You got a lot of guys around the league that have a lot of talent that aren't doing much. This kid's three and four. He's going to Chi Town. He's gonna to be running for his life. I'm sorry, he's going to play Dallas in Jerry's world. I'm watching Justin Fields this week because that could be a really big win. That would make them four and four. And then you're talking possible playoffs with all that scrap metal on offense. I think that's a pretty cool story if they can take down Dallas. Because everybody's trying to put Dallas in the Super Bowl because of Micah Parsons. And look, Parsons is incredible. He's influencing the game. He's playing old school football. But let's see if he's still playing at the end of the year. Because when teams rely as much as they do whether it's an offensive running back, a quarterback, a receiver, a tight end, a linebacker, a strong safety, a pass rusher. When they when a team relies as much as they do on one guy, sort of physics, you know, their body breaks down. So as much as I love to see what Micah Parsons is doing, I want to see him do it for the whole year. And I know he's done it a couple years now, but... We'll see where they are at the end of the year. Number four, we got the train wreck Cardinals, Kyler and Cliff. They're just, it's like watching a car accident. You don't want to look away. It's gruesome. It's bloody. But it's somewhat satisfying. Like a horror flick. Happy Halloween, everybody. Kyler Murray. I just feel so weird about it. He's not that great, but he can spin the rock, and he is fun to watch. And I just kind of love the dichotomy. And, and, and apparently Cliff Kingsbury said something about Gen, Gen Z uh, in a post-game conference. So I got my eye on the Cardinals because they won the game last week. D-Hop is back. He is a beast. He's top three in the league. I still think he's a little bit better than uh, Devontae. But, hey, the Vikings on the other side got another top three receiver in Justin Fields. Sorry, Justin Jefferson, who is obviously an incredible talent. And we look at these teams with Kyler and we look at Kirk. And Kirk is a guy that's never been popular. He's never been sexy. But you got to love to see how this team has encircled him with love and appreciation and even though he's not sexy they have all surrounded him you see pictures of him with the big chains on you got to be rooting for this team uh, Kevin O'Connell leaves the Rams takes over the Vikings they're not getting a lot of respect but you're starting to hear hints you're starting to hear the talking heads bring them up you're starting to see them put into that conversation of the top three and they're a pure football team and they're deep and they're going to be tough to beat. And they have a dome, unlike the Buffalo Bills. Not super excited about the rendering of the new Bills stadium, but 
I think in real life it'll look a lot more pretty because it looked like it was sort of in the middle of an ice rink in the rendering, whereas Buffalo in the summer, at least, is going to be nice and green and it's going to be nice and orangey and, and fall-like. And it'll be packed with real Bills fans. That's what makes the stadium anyways. Number five here, we got Danny Dimes taking on Geno Smith. And Geno Smith is on fire. The ball is snapping off his fingers so confidently that it reminds you of why he was one of the highest picks coming out of college at West Virginia. He got his jaw broken, as we know, in, in, in the locker room by a no-namer. And then he went to the Giants. And the Giants chose to not turn the ball to him, and they chose to go in the Danny Dimes direction. And Gino has not quit. He has not put his playbook down. He has not stopped sharpening his sword. And now he sits in one of the best franchises that is free from Russell Wilson, still has Pete Carroll, one of the funnest guys in the history of football to play for, He's got talent. DK Metcalf, hopefully not banged up too badly, but he's been looking really good. And and I picked up Kenneth Walker. As you know, I wanted the Bills to draft either him or Brees Hall or Hassan Haskins. He's a beast, that, that Kenneth Walker. And once again, as long as he stays healthy, they're going to be a problem, this Seahawks team, because who wants to play them right now in the NFC, in the playoffs? in the 12th man stadium. So we'll have our eye on that one. Let's pick them. I got Heineke at Indy. I'm going to go Indy. Josh at a, I'm sorry, Josh versus a rod in Buffalo. Obviously Josh fields at Dak. Got to think that the Cowboys, because they're at home, have a better opportunity to win here. I got to go Cowboys. Kyler at Kirk. Kirk. But watch out for the Cardinals because that's the type of game that the Cardinals win. Let's go Cardinals. Flip it. Flip it and reverse it. And then we got Geno taking on the Giants. Giants are feeling all types of confident. and They're not going to be 7-1. and one. They'll be 6-2. and two. Book it, baby. Stick around. Sunday morning. We got the pregame dump. Thanks for listening, guys. Like and subscribe. Please like and subscribe and tell your friends. Love you. Go Bills. Cool